Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. His commands are good for you. They're not grievous. Get away from that. Wrong belief. Do it right. Well, I don't want to do it right. Do it right. Understand He loves you. Don't play around with sin. Just simply do it because He loves you. His commands are good for us. And when you do, that enables you to be an overcomer. Doesn't matter what you're facing. He will overcome any of the thing that you're in today. It doesn't matter what it is. He'll absolutely overcome it. Today we will hear an amazing truth in this message. We are overcomers. Yes, it's true. It's not because of who we are that we overcome the world. It's because of who God is in us. It may seem at times that we're burdened and overcome by our life here on earth, but God knows better. He's able to take our circumstances and give us His life and peace in the midst of them. Whatever we have today to give Him, even if it is only repentance and fear, we need to hand it over to God abide in Him, and wait on Him to transform our lives so that we see more of Him. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 John chapter 5, verse 3, with our continuing study entitled, Right Belief Leads to Right Living. But we were there, and as you know, in, in many parts of that place are these uh, hot geysers, scalding hot water just coming up from the ground, and uh, there's all these paths among them, and there's these signs everywhere, beware, don't get too close, whatever. So Linda and I are walking and smelling the sulfur and kind of enjoying whatever's there and just being a little careful standing back. And out of the corner of our eye, and I don't know how old this, uh, this boy was, I think something like uh, six years old, we see this, we see this young boy, and he's let's just say this is one of the areas and here's the bubbling hot water. He's just walking up close to it and he's walking down to another and he's taking a look really close to it. And then I go, well, here's what Linda and I did. Where, where's the parent? See, this little boy didn't know, he didn't have any clue it was dangerous. God will never let that happen to you. That's why he gives us commands. Well, I don't think that's dangerous. He knows it's dangerous. And so his commands, you have to understand that God loves you. That's why he gives his commands. That parent, by the way, that parent finally showed up. That boy could not do life alone. You can't do life alone. Those of you that are not Christians yet, you have no chance of success at life. Zero. You are made not to do life alone, but only with God. You can't do it. It will not work. You say, it's working fine. No, it will never work in the end. Never. Guarantee from God's word. He loves you. So he would never allow those things to happen to us. He loves us too much. He simply knows. But now, here's the problem. God will never force you to obey. He'll give you a choice. God designed obedience as a personal choice. Now, 
Watch this verse. Paul writes about it. It's pretty clear. As you see this verse, I'm working on a series, and I don't know eventually when I'll come it. But see, most of us think we're in control when really down to the bottom, we're not in control. Yes, we make choices, but sometimes things come up and I have to alter the choice. I didn't want to make it. That shows me I'm not in control. What you're going to see in this verse, there's only two people that are in control of this world, Satan and God, depending which camp you're in. So look at what Paul says, Romans 6. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? No, whatever you choose to obey. You can be a slave to sin. Notice the end, which leads to death spiritual death, the end of you. Or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. So this morning, I'm going to choose which master. I'm either going to obey God or I'm going to obey Satan. Now, some of you I know, you're already saying this. I would not obey Satan. I obey myself. No, you've already been influenced. You're under Satan if you're not under God. It's a given. So here's what I want you to write this morning. Why we obey God. Look at me. Why we obey God. Why we obey God. And that means my attitude will determine, will predict, will give me the outcome, the success of my life. If I obey God because I have to, or I'm afraid of being punished, or I'm not sure what the outcome is, if I, if I do that, you will never, ever be successful in your walk with God. And God didn't design our life that way. He, he designed us to obey Him be, because We want to be motivated because of his love, not by guilt, not by fear, not by circumstance. Oh, God, do this to me. He's like, God, obey him. Wrong. You'll you'll never be successful. Now, turn with me to Old Testament, all of our campuses, Psalm 119. Kind of the middle of your Old Testament. Middle of the Old Testament, Psalm 119. I'm going to read the first eight verses of the New Living Translation, and it will make it clear to you how good obeying is. The psalmist got it. He understood it. Psalm 119, verse 1. Joyful are people of integrity. What does it mean to be a person of integrity? Who follow the instructions of the Lord. Who follow the commandments of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey His laws and search for Him with all their hearts. Not just their head, but their heart. They do not compromise with evil. They don't listen to the enemy. Don't get off the road. Don't disobey. And they walk only in His paths, in the paths of His commands. You have charged us to keep your commands carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. Please don't give up on me. Now that psalmist understood this principle. Here is the right attitude for you and for me this morning. Write it down. Here's my right attitude. I learned to obey God because it's good for me. I eventually learned to obey God because it's good for me. The sooner you learn it, the greater your walk with God. Now, every command from God, as you were there at Yellowstone, those signs that said warning, good or bad, tell me, good, good or bad, hello, good. Oh, I wonder if the one, I wonder if the water's really hot. Ah! No, good. Every command from God is good for us. Everyone. Everyone. And as you begin to understand that, these loving commands protect us from disastrous outcomes of disobedience and sin. If I choose to sin, if I choose to disobey, 
there's going to be consequences. That's because God loves me. He wants to bring me back. Now, I'm going to give you three keys this morning. I want you to write them down. Number one, obedience brings joy. Jesus says it like this. When you obey my commands, you remain in my love, just as I love my Father, and I love his commands, and I remain in his love. Look at verse 11. Let me read it to you. I have told you these things so you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. So if I obey God, it's going to bring joy to my life, and the joy is the strength in my life. Number two, obedience brings peace. It brings peace. Let me read you Psalm 119, 165. Those who love your instruction have great peace. I'm obeying God. doesn't matter the circumstances. I just have peace. I'm not trying to be somebody I'm not. I'm not trying to hide anything. I'm not perfect, but I just try to obey God. Obeying God's commands, many people think it destroys a life of freedom. It destroys creativity. It destroys excitement for life. But in fact... It's exactly the opposite. Now, I want you to look at me, and I want you to understand what I'm going to say to you. God is a God of freedom. He's not a God with a bunch of restrictions. God is a God of freedom. How do I know that? In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were created. And to show you that God's a God of freedom, God said this, have at it. The whole place is yours. Thousands of trees, thousands of this, everything fantastic. How many commands did God give Adam and Eve? One. I knew I knew it, Pastor Mark. He's a restrictive God. <laughs> really? One? But what did Satan go after? The one. God, did God really say that? He's trying to keep you from having a freedom of enjoying the garden. Lie. It was for their good. So do not say to me this morning, well, I don't come to church because it's restrictive. It's full of rules and regulations. I'm not into that. Your belief is wrong, so your living is wrong. Write this, write this down this morning. God is a God of freedom. If there's any verse that I love... Living under God's authority and obeying him simply brings maximum freedom. One of my favorite verses is this, Psalm 119, 32. I run in the path of your commands because you set my heart free. See, knowing and believing God is simply good for me. It, it, it allows me to trust God. That trust leads me to action in obeying God. Now, when I, the reason God's commandments are not burdensome The reason they're not burdensome is because when I obey God, it enables every believer to run in the path of his commands, which allows me to be an overcomer. When I run in his commands, knowing he's good for me, doesn't matter what's coming, that allows me to become a absolute overcomer. Now, turn with me to 1 John chapter 5, back to where we were, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. Why don't you look at my hat this morning? How many know what this is? Nike. You're going to read, read a verse in a moment. What, what does Nike mean? In the Greek, the Greek it's Nikeo. You know what it means? It means overcomer. Nike didn't design this. Word. It was a common word in the Greek. 
overcomer. When I run in the path of his commands, I'm an overcomer. There's freedom. There's joy. There's peace. Most of the world doesn't believe that. So let's read it together. Here we go. You ready? 1 John 5, 4. For everyone, not 10% of you, for everyone born of God, circle the word, overcomes, write it in your Bible, overcomes, Nike, Nikael, the world, the overcomer, it means to conquer, to have victory, to have superiority, conquering power. The word reflects a genuine superiority that leads to overwhelming success. Tiger Woods has no clue what he has on his hat. It's not success in this world. It means to have victory over. Simple. Now, when you see that word, there's something else. It's a household world. When people see this, there's three things they say. Just, just do it. Say it with me. Just, just do it. So what is John saying? When you see a command, <laughs> praise God, let's go home. That's it. But how do you do it? Okay, I'll do it. No, do it because you get to. Do you get it? That makes me an overcomer. That's the way God is. This is what John says. Nike wasn't even around. It's a Greek term. The victory is demonstrable. It means overflowing the enemy, just overthrowing the enemy. Greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. When I obey God, nothing can stop me. Now understand, John says in this verse, this is the victory that has overcome what? The world. Now, when you see the word overcome, and when you see this word overcomer, that already implies one thing. What does it imply? A battle. So what do I battle when it comes to obedience? The world system that says, have a Michelob weekend. Get drunk, have sex in the morning, throw up, discover you have a disease. It was a great weekend. (laughs) Am I right? Yeah, I am. So it overcomes that. It, it overcomes what else? Satan and his lies. And it overcomes my old flesh that says, I don't want to do that. It overcomes the world. Now, how do we overcome? Look at Dan. He gives us again. He tells us exactly what it have. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. See, Jesus knew this principle. Look on the overhead, John 16, 33. Jesus says to his disciples, I told you these things so that in me you may have, here it is, peace. In this world, you'll have trouble. Watch this. But take our, I have, what's the word? I have overcome the world. Same. So understand, John says, my faith is the key to overcoming. When I trust God to save me, he puts his Holy Spirit within me to live a victorious Christian life. That, that, that life is dependent on my obeying. Not because I have to, but because I get to. And when that takes place in my life, we sang it this morning. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing can conquer me. Instead, I will be victorious over the world. That's what my faith does. That's why we teach the Word of God. Where does that faith come from? Faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of God. The more I see God, the more I understand the truth, it gives me faith to believe. It gives me faith to know that God loves me. He wants only good for me. What did we sing this morning in one of our songs? All things work together for my good. All things 
some things, all things, work together for my bad. No, all things work together for my what? Where did that come from? Some song. No, it came from Romans 8. All things work together for my good. I'm an overcomer by obeying. Wherever you're at this morning, I don't care where you're at this morning. I don't care what you're going through. If you'll obey God, you'll be an overcomer. I want you walking out of the door at our campuses this morning. Sebastian, Vera, those of you watching online, the work camp. I want you walking out and understand what you have in you. His commands are good for you. They're not grievous. Get away from that. Wrong belief. Do it right. Well, I don't want to do it right. Do it right. Understand he loves you. Don't play around with sin. Just simply do it because he loves you. His commands are good for us. And when you do, that enables you to be an overcomer. doesn't matter what you're facing. He will overcome any of the thing that you're in today. It doesn't matter what it is. He'll absolutely overcome it. So I focus on God, people, and the use of my time. And I just obey God. I obey His commands. Now look at the last verse that we have this morning. Who is it that overcomes the world? Who is it that really overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So would you write this down? Faith in Jesus provided by joyful obedience makes a victorious Christ follower. You see, if I believe in the right Jesus, my faith in him, and then my response, which is going to be trust and then obey, guarantees me victory. Now, some of you are going to say this morning, well, Pastor Mark, are you sure? Because I don't know that sometimes I don't want to obey. I know exactly what you're saying. Sometimes I don't want to obey. But Philippians chapter 2 says this, God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. He's changing your wonder. Now that you're reminded that God's obedience is good for us. His commands are good for us. My obedience makes me an overcomer. It doesn't matter what you're facing. You're an overcomer. You can live a victorious life. Yes, there's trouble. Yes, there's difficulty. But he works all things together for my good. It's going to work out. It's going to work out in the end. You can trust God with every aspect of your life. Now, this morning, I want to pray for all the believers I'm going to do that more at the end. We're going to sing a song at all of our campuses in a moment. But before I do that, I want you as a Christian in every one of the campuses right now, I want you, all of you that are Christians right now, I want you to just look at me. And then I'm going to address those who need to become Christians today. What is your take on obeying the commands of God? You say, well, Pastor Mark, if you tell me which ones again, I'll tell you what I think about them. No, no, it it doesn't come. It comes as a package. I'll take the first three Ten Commandments, I'll throw the other. No, it comes as a package. Every one of them's good. It's for my protection. The sooner you learn that, the more joyful, the more freedom there is in serving God. Now, sometimes I don't obey. I love Charles Stanley's teaching. Here's what Charles Stanley says. Make sure you understand what he's going to say. Here's what Charles Stanley says. Obey God and leave all the consequences to him. Uh, if I obey God, what's going to happen? It might cause me to break up in this relationship. I might have a little trouble. I might have to pay my back income taxes. <laughs> I didn't say that in any of their service, so somebody here has got problems, so that's just for you. <laughs> you see, if you, if you don't, how much freedom do you have? None. How much peace? None. That's because a guilty conscience is a hard pillow. 
You want a soft pillow. One of those comfort beds where you could sleep at night. All things work together for my good. I don't care what you're facing today. Start believing right. Love right. As you do that, obey right, and then just walk right. Our fourth key was to walk right. Just, just to walk right. That lifestyle of running in the path of His commands. May you get it this morning. It's a joy to obey a God that loves you. He's got nothing but good for you. He loves you. He's your Heavenly Father. Now some of you, He's not a Heavenly Father to you. It's because you've never believed and made it personal. I want to show you four things you need to do this morning. Then we're going to pray and then we're going to sing and switch to the other campuses. If you want to become a follower of Christ, if you want to become a son or daughter of Christ, you have to do four things. You have to recognize you're a sinner. You were born because Adam and Eve sinned. That DNA nature went to you. Every one of us are born as a sinner. That's why Jesus had to have a virgin birth, a father, the Holy Spirit who had never sinned. Number two, you have to recognize that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. He didn't just die for the world. He died for individuals. You, your sin, 2,000 years ago was put on him. Your past, present, and future sin. Mine as well. Sin, the result of sin, is death. He paid it all for you. Number three, you have to repent of your sins. Repent means turn around and follow God. When we see the word to obey, Jesus, when he came to this earth, his first few sermons uh, to people, he said this, repent. That was a command, repent. His second one was this, follow me. It's not an event. It's a lifestyle of learning to obey God. Not because you have to, because you get to. Too many churches, you have to. have to do this, you have to sign here, you have to do this. No, if once you get it that he's a loving God and he's got good for you, you'll want to obey. Sometimes it's hard, but you know it's good for you. And last, you have to receive, you have to receive him as a gift. You can't, you're not good enough, you'll never be good enough. Now, I'm going to pray for you this morning that aren't Christians. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to just, with our heads bowed, People are going to be praying. I'm going to ask you just to stand. And I'm going to pray a prayer for you. You don't have to say a thing. You just say it under your breath. I'm going to pray for you. So get ready because I want you to do that on the campuses. But there's one more group of people. Some of you used to be a Christian. But you know where you find yourself? In Yellowstone National Park. Spiritually. You've been dabbling in the hot water of the world. You've been hurt. You've been burned. You're desperate. You're angry. You're frustrated. And you think, could I come back to God? Yes. He's full of grace. He's full of mercy. If he wasn't, I wouldn't be here, and I would have nobody to preach to if I was here. He's a God of grace. But you have to come back to God this morning. Quit playing around in the cesspools of the world. Get back on the path of obedience. Are you an overcomer? Do you know you can overcome anything the world throws at you? Pastor Mark showed us in today's message that you can live a victorious life because of your love and obedience to God. When you trust God, He puts the Holy Spirit within us and our faith allows us to trust and believe that God loves us and He only wants the best for us. That means you can overcome the world. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, we will learn the six things we can know for certain. Pastor Mark will tell us that knowing and applying the truth will set us free. This is really important in a world where there are many false teachers looking for those who they can deceive. So be sure to tune in to Pastor Mark so we can learn what these fundamental truths are for the Christ follower. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. Lord, let us hear your 